We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're first going to talk about our friends over at Lamb Chops, my favorite clothing brand, your favorite clothing brand, and the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. SGLambChops.com is the website. Promo code Candlestick20 to get 20% off your order. Hoodies, joggers, shorts, whatever you want. It's all high quality. It's all comfortable. And it's my favorite thing to wear. Agreed. Sweats, shorts, shirts, hoodies. It's sweat all super shorts. high quality. Sweat shorts, amazing. Why? Why haven't sweat shorts been a bigger part of just clothing culture for longer? I have no idea, but Lamb Chops is bringing them in, and I'm gonna make sure they stay around. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, big fan. Big fan of sweat shorts. Big fan of Lamb Chops. You will be too. Go to sglambchops.com today. Use promo code Candlestick20 to get 20% off your order and follow them on Instagram for photos of all their new styles. Uh, it's at SG Lamb Chops on Instagram. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website. You can go there. You can order beer. If you're in California and over the age of 21, they will send a case of beer directly to your front door. There's no better way to acquire beer. So get in there and get that Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. Maybe Hazy IPAs aren't your thing. Maybe you want... A double dry hopped IPA 
And boy, do they have one of those in Keg Slayer, which is a tremendous beer. Big fan of Keg Slayer. I think they have a Friday the 13th coming out. Halloween season. Halloween season. Spooky season. But yeah, all good beer. All great stuff. Award-winning beer. Yeah, they just had a Dortmunder, which is a rare kind of, a pretty rare kind of beer, I guess, that won a gold medal at the World Beer Festival. Like, Come on, man. Is that good? Gold gold medals are those good? I'm, try, I'm good. trying to look it up. This is this is bad on the spot podcasting right now. I'm trying to look it up as we uh, as we go through the read. But no, we love Cooperage. We were there over the weekend. Awesome vibes. Great art all over the place. Really um, great place to watch football. Great place to just hang and drink beer. Um, so shout out to Cooperage in Santa Rosa. Go there. Uh, if you're in the area, even if you're not, you want to plan a trip to, to Sonoma County and, and put it on your on your list of destinations, would highly recommend it. And if not, like you said, cooperagebrewing.com. If you're of age, 21 or, or older, you can have them ship a case of beer anywhere within the state of California. Yep. Do that right now. Cooperagebrewing.com. You won't regret it. All right. Let's preview this 49ers Cardinals game. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's well, got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Everything about this game is fishy, bro. Everything about it. Elaborate. And I mean that I mean that from the standpoint of the Cardinals, despite being one and two, they beat the Cowboys last week like thoroughly, just beat them. And they were a couple plays away. Kyle Shanahan said this too. They're a few plays away from being three and oh. So and honestly, if Josh Dobbs played in week one, the way he's played the last two weeks, they would probably be at least two and one. So all of that is to say the 49ers are still favored by 14 points. And we were just going through our prize picks, which we'll, we'll get to later. And, and all the numbers for Cardinals players are suspiciously low. And all everything feels fishy to me because everything points to the Cardinals, you know, if if not pulling an upset, covering the fourteen points, and then you get to the daily fantasy stuff like prize picks, and all of the numbers seem seem mysteriously low. Like, okay, I'm gonna hammer the more than, but what? Like, what am I? It feels like I'm I'm. It feels like I'm missing something. Yeah, it's definitely one of those games that if you wanted to find. Like it fits the trap game narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, you have a really good team in the Niners with a really tough game coming up the week later with the Cowboys coming to Santa Clara. Um, it just it screams like possible letdown for the 49ers, and and we've credited them for playing with a certain level of intensity to start the season. Um, you wonder going into you know the fourth week of the season is that intensity still going to be there? And and that I think is the challenge for the 49ers knowing that, you know, when they play as well as they can and they turn it on, they can compete with anybody, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But does that, 
that does that lead to the human nature element of falling into the trap of the trap game and allowing a, a hungry team like Arizona coming off a big win and maybe riding a little bit of momentum. Are they feeling themselves to the point where they think they can come to Santa Clara and win and, and steal one? Um, I think they probably do feel that way. I am expecting the 49ers to win relatively comfortably, but if you were to tell me it was one of those games where it's like 10, 10 going to, going into halftime, and the 49ers have to play at a considerably higher level in the second half to win the game than they did in the first. That one, it all surprised me. I, I just think ultimately the talent gap is so wide and the coaching gap, given you know how long the infrastructure with Kyle Shanahan has been in place there relative to Jonathan Gannon, who's there in his first season in Arizona, I would mm-hmm. give the 49ers a pretty decided edge sort of regardless. But like to your point, I think 14 points is an insane line for this one. And uh, it's, I, I, I think it's, it should, like we said in the last podcast we recorded last night, um, the line should probably be closer to nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like, um, like you said, this has the makings of, of a potential trap game. Although it could be that the 49ers win by 21 points and then we come out of it like, yeah, that, that's probably what should happen. Okay. So that's the other thing. I think this game goes one of two ways. <laughs> one, if you told me just a carbon copy of the Rams game happened, I would not be shocked. I, really at all. Granted, the Rams have more talent than the Cardinals do. But if you just told me, yeah, the, the Cardinals jumped out and punched the Niners in the mouth a little bit, but the Niners recovered and eventually in the second half figured out what was going on and pulled away just because they were the better team and probably should have won by double digits, but the Rams kicked a last-second field goal to, to make it seven. Like I, that, I wouldn't, It wouldn't floor me. Like I would be like, okay, sure. That'll happen, or the Niners steamroll them, and we're sitting here going, oh, okay, maybe the Cardinals' first three weeks is a little fluky. I think those are the two options here. Granted, they did just beat the Cowboys, who everybody thought they were going to get smashed by, too. So, yeah, I'm looking. I I just, I, 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 any given Sunday, right? Like, that's the, that's the phrase. I just made it up, but (laughs) you can use it. (laughs) But when you're trying to logically draw a path to a Cardinals win, logically, it just doesn't track. Yeah, outside of the Niners having injuries or turning the ball over six times or I don't know, weird stuff happening. I don't, the Cardinals aren't just going to line up mano a mano and be better than San Francisco. No, I was trying to find just now like Brock Purdy splits um, in the first and second halves. And there, there isn't a whole lot of difference. Like his completion percentage is a little bit higher in the second half. His quarterback rating is a little bit higher in the second half, but still really good. Um, but I think one area where, like, yards per attempt, he's just a lot more efficient in the second half, and uh, albeit a very small sample size. Yards per attempt in the first half of games through three weeks, 7.3, which isn't particularly good, right? And you go back mm-hmm. to you go back to the Rams game and you say, all right, like, he was probably better in the second half than the first in that game, and you can absolutely say that about the Giants game. So 7.3 yards per attempt in the first half. He's up to 9.5. 
in yards per attempt in in the second half which would which is an elite number like anything over eight is good eight and a half is exceptional nine obviously outstanding nine and a half is just like otherworldly if if you're at nine and a half you're winning the mvp yeah so you know brock purdy and the 49ers offense has done a good job of making adjustments in the second half of games uh through at least you know three games obviously so that's i do wonder if there's something to that like are they are they at a point now where like teams come in with a pretty good plan in the first half of games and then the adjustment off of that made by Kyle Shanahan and his staff is like all right we 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 can tinker with this and and we can get better and and that's does that like speak to Brock Purdy's overall maturity right like is he yeah. is he advanced yeah. enough as a rookie quarterback or not a rookie quarterback but a guy who still hasn't started a full season where you're like man Brock Purdy is not like a lot of young quarterbacks you look at, right? You're like, all right, they just have to get better, right? The mm-hmm. the adjustment isn't really them tinkering. It's them needing to play better because playing in the NFL is hard and you got to get used to it if you're a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Whereas Brock Purdy feels like he's already at the at the point where he's operating more like a veteran and like, no, like my play's fine. We just got to make schematic adjustments mm-hmm. and fundamental adjustments to what they're doing defensively. Right. And I feel like the fact that it looks like they're doing that would indicate that Brock Purdy is maybe more advanced than somebody's only started. What? How many starts does he have? That's the thing that's so impressive about him, right? Is he gets talked yeah, about like eight he's stars. he gets talked about and compared on a on a level with Jimmy Garoppolo. And what does he look like up against Jimmy Garoppolo? He has a fifth or sixth or seventh of the starts that Jimmy Garoppolo has in the league. And it's, he's, he's remarkable that one of the things that always jumps out to me from, or or always sticks in my head from Matt Barrow's article in the athletic, where he got to be in the locker room at halftime. And he talks about Brock Purdy as all the players are going out for the half. Kyle Shanahan's written a bunch of different stuff on the board about play calls and what they're going to do differently offensively. And they're going to do this against that look and this against that look and da, 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 da. And how Purdy just stood there as everybody exited, just soaking that information in, just standing in front of the whiteboard and taking all that in and then going out. And it's very clear that, okay, he can take all that in and then go out and execute it. And that's, that's super impressive for somebody as young as he is. And it's why somebody with his physical limitations, I shouldn't say physical limitations, his, his lack of elite physical tools can be so successful. So that's, that's where, if you told me that the Niners started slow, I wouldn't necessarily be worried that they were going to lose a game because we've yet to see them over a full, I almost said 48 minutes, 60 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) talking basketball today, for a full 60 minutes, get shut down on that side of the ball. Yeah, I would agree. Um... Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) that's <laughs> something i was gonna say and it, and it completely eluded me oh we should we should talk about i know what, what we're gonna talk about uh debo samuel is gonna be questionable to play as mm-hmm. of kyle shanahan going on radio thursday and saying that debo samuel and Jawan jennings would be questionable mm-hmm. um brandon Ayuk has returned to practice this week after missing the thursday night game with a shoulder injury 
it kind of feels like we might be at a place where like these guys aren't really going to risk playing at least earlier in the year against, you know, inferior teams. Like I, I think if you were to spin forward Brandon Ayuk's injury Thursday, that would indicate to me that like any of their dudes who they feel like is established um, could probably afford to miss some time if it means not aggravating an injury. And that's why, again, we keep saying it, but that's why you have so many good players, mm-hmm. right? Is like, it might seem excessive to get some, go get Christian McCaffrey when you have Debo Samuel, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But like, there are going to be times when Debo Samuel has a knee and rib injuries and you're just like, man, we we could afford to give this guy a week off because we do have Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if we're going to see the 49ers maybe be a little bit more cautious this season than in years past, particularly in like September and October in comparison to when they would play guys who were banged up and who would often aggravate injuries, right? Like, I think that's a, it's a very fair criticism of, you know, this coaching staff and this performance staff in the last few years that they've allowed players to push it, whether on the practice field or even in games when they were hurt to be Mm -hmm. like, you know, like missing additional weeks because they came back too early. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if they're sort of looking at this, like, no, we can take the, we can take things a little bit slower. We're super talented. We can be, we can probably beat the Cardinals without Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings. Still, it would be a little bit more difficult, obviously, but, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think there's a there's a sentiment in the building that like maybe they should be a little bit more protective of their injured players than than previously? Yeah, I, I I definitely think so. This is a team that's looking at January, and I don't think they're necessarily worried about the the Cardinals in Week Four. And and obviously you're not going to overlook them, but from the standpoint of is there a path to victory without Debo Samuel? I think you have to say yes especially considering that last year, week 14, Debo Samuel gets hurt against the Buccaneers. The 49ers still put 35 points up in that game. The next week, a short week, Thursday in Seattle, they only scored 21. Brock Purdy was dealing with the with the, with the the rib thing, and he couldn't throw all week. They scored 21. In the two games after that, they scored 37 points each without Debo Samuel. And that's with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. So I, I think they're probably looking at that and going, with Christian McCaffrey in the lineup now, it, there's there's no reason that they have to they have to force Debo Samuel to, to get on the field. Maybe it means a little more Elijah Mitchell so so Christian McCaffrey can can stay on the field later in the game. But I, I'm I'm very confident in the 49ers offense without Debo Samuel. And I'm guessing they are too considering the potential long term benefit, especially if it's a knee thing. I don't I don't think there's necessarily a reason to go try and push that this early. Particularly with the Cowboys next week. Right. Yeah. And again, not, feel... that, not that it's about overlooking the Cardinals, because I think Dallas probably did that a little bit. They got smacked in the mouth. But it's just about, okay, with this one player, what can you do offensively without him? And is it enough to win? And I think they say yes. Agree. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I'm not putting Debo Samuel in any of my prize picks. That's fair. Are you, do you have Ronnie Bell in any of your prize picks? I don't. No, I don't. So let's start there. Like, let, let's do our, our Cooperage What's on Tap 
um, basically a segment where we just sort of talk about elements of the game that that we think are going to be important. I, I think if one of or both of Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings doesn't play, do you get production again from Ronnie Bell? Right. Like, I, I think more or less you have to. Sure. You have to yeah. get a semblance of production. You can't have Ronnie Bell out there and be a non-factor, particularly because it feels like Brandon Ayuk would get bracketed and double covered a lot. And maybe mm-hmm. that allows for for you know more more opportunities for George Kittle. But I think Ronnie Bell, like if if Ronnie Bell is a good game, if he has four or five catches and maybe he has mm-hmm. a touchdown, I think the Niners probably blow him out. If, I think that's it. yeah, okay. If if Ronnie Bell is is not productive, if these guys don't play, then there's there's an opportunity for the Cardinals to keep it closer than than we would probably expect, right? Yeah, you have to force the Cardinals to to cover everybody. Yeah. Like it's a it's a huge problem if if you know they can they don't have to worry about Ray Ray McLeod or Ronnie Bell or or whoever if you start forcing them to you know either either cover those guys or make those guys beat them and then they're succeeding at that, then yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you. No, no, Juwan Jennings, no Debo Samuel. If that is indeed the case, they need someone else to step up. And if Ronnie Bell is going to have five for 48 and a touchdown, then that probably means the Cardinals had a hard time uh, stopping the 49ers. In those along that same line, I think George Kittle is going to get in the end zone this week for the first time. For the first time this season. I mean, <laughs> he scored touchdowns before. Yeah. <laughs> I think George Kittle is going to get his first touchdown this week, guys. No, I, I think he gets in the end zone this week. The the Niners haven't been awesome in the red zone necessarily, uh, especially Thursday night against against the Giants. And I think you saw George Kittle start to get a little bit more involved on the stretch of that game. And I think that's going to continue over into this one. And the Cardinals just don't have the the horses to to slow down a guy like George Kittle. Not that that many people, not that that many teams do, but I think there's going to be a lot of stuff drawn up specifically to get Kittle involved, uh, and and specifically in the red zone. Uh, Buda Baker is still injured, correct? Yeah, he's on IR. Yeah. Uh, which means that you're looking at like Kaiser White and a backup safety. Yeah, and a linebacker who Kittle. can't cover. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think it, it's it like it needs to be a big George Kittle game. Yeah. Yeah. If George Kittle has a three for 28 type of game, I don't. I don't love that. Um, it's also like a Brock Purdy game where he has a chance to, to elevate the offense in a way that like we normally don't associate with, with him when we talk about Purdy. Mm -hmm. So often the conversation about Purdy is, well, he's in, he's in ideal surroundings. He has great weapons. He can, when he's struggling, he can just throw bubble screens. If like, if those Debo Samuel bubble screens aren't there and the Cardinals are, are obviously going to hone in on Christian McCaffrey then what's Brock Purdy going to do to elevate the offense when when the circumstances aren't as good as they've been? Yeah, great point. So I, I'm looking – I think it's it's time for Brock Purdy to, to just have one of those games where it's like, no, he's just going to be super efficient. He's going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's going to make good throws downfield, and it's not just going to be a – Oh, Brock Purdy threw a bubble screen four times to Debo Samuel, and he got 
70 yards out of that and a touchdown. And um, obviously that helps Brock Purdy's numbers, but he didn't like, he wasn't playing awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the giants game. He, he was a little scattershot. I would say in the giants game, particularly in the first half, good in the second half. But I think you need a much, you need Brock Purdy to elevate the way he plays and the offense overall. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to have Debo and Juwan. Yeah. Yeah. Not having that Debo screen club in your bag is a, is a pretty significant deal and not having the threat of him as a runner. And, and I know we saw that a little bit from Ronnie Bell in the preseason, but that's preseason. I'm not ready to say that Ronnie Bell is just going to do the Debo light thing in the regular season, but maybe he does. And, and maybe they, they miss Debo even less than they did last year when, when he was out for those few games. Along the same lines, I also think Christian McCaffrey's getting in the end zone through the air this week. He doesn't have a receiving touchdown yet. And it's at some point it's going to happen. And you start looking at this Cardinals defense and just their lack of of weapons in, in the second and third levels. And it's just so easy to see uh, a play where they they blitz and it's McCaffrey all alone out in the flat and he, he finds an easy score. Um, maybe it's off of Brock Purdy because the Cardinals can rush the passer a little bit, uh, especially off the edge. It's, it's Dennis Gardick and, and, and Victor Dimikaji are the two are their two leaders in, in pressures and sacks. So maybe they're able to get some pressure with four and, and it's Purdy, you know, not necessarily making a hot read into the middle of the field, but, just getting rid of it out to McCaffrey in the flat and McCaffrey going and making a play uh, against a, a not so good back end of the, of, of the Cardinals defense. So I think McCaffrey gets a receiving touchdown as well this week. I like it. Thanks. Um, go to the other side of the ball. I don't consider the Cardinals offensive line. Awesome. It's not fair? great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not great. Um, Paris Johnson, I uh, believe an Ohio State alum, correct, is their new starting right tackle. And I wonder, um, I wonder if this is going to be a Nick Bosa game where it's like, okay, like Nick Nick Bosa is absolutely due for a breakout type game, right? Right. Like yep. he hasn't he hasn't played poorly, but it hasn't been Defensive Player of the Year Nick Bosa through the first three games. And I think right. you could attribute that mostly to just not having training camp reps and not being in football shape. Um, I know we talked to reporters this week about maybe being closer or in football shape now that he's had three games under his belt. Mm -hmm. And I look at the Cardinals as an opportunity for Bosa to, to eat <laughs> and to, uh, to, to get a sack or two at least um, mm -hmm. and potentially wreck this game for them. And, and that's, you know, that might be, Again, if if the Niners are missing Debo and Jennings, it might, you know, the Niners defense is going to have like might have to be play like at a high level, like not just kind of float through this game, like play with a level of intensity that makes up for the offense's shortcomings. If it's going to struggle a little bit more than normal because they're missing two of their receivers. Yeah. Um, and I would I would go right to Nick Bosa and say, all right, you're in football shape now. You're going up against a potentially, um, you know, if you play on the left side of the uh, the left side of the defensive line, you're going against a rookie right tackle who went to your alma mater. He should know DJ Humphreys on the other side extremely well, given how often mm -hmm. he's played against him. Um, so I would say that this is this has the potential to be a Nick Bosa breakout game. I think the Niners defense gets two turnovers, 
And maybe one of them is a Bosa strip sack. But yeah, I think banking on a Bosa breakout game is is probably the move. Uh, Josh Dobbs doesn't have a turnover yet this year. He's been really, really good at at not forcing the ball into tight spots. But he's also not played a... a I guess Dallas's pass rush is also very good. But um, the Niners defense turns it over a lot. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's Bosa doing that, if it's Javon Hargrave up the middle forcing a, forcing an early throw. But I think the Niners get a couple of turnovers, and I think one of them is a Fred Warner interception. I think a Fred Warner interception mm. is on tap. My guy Joe Monty asks, um, over under one and a half sacks for Bosa. Predicting a multiple sack game is generally overly optimistic, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say two sacks for Bosa this I love week. that for you. Thank you so much. I was going to be a coward and go under. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Joe commented on the live stream on YouTube. If you're not uh, checking out our YouTube channel yet, please do subscribe, hit the like button, hit the bell notification. Super helpful to the channel. Um, Obviously, if you're listening to this on our podcast feed, we very much appreciate it. Hopefully you've given us five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. But yeah, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, you can uh, listen to the podcast and see our faces at the same time. It's it's quite the thing. It's really dope. It's such a cool thing. <laughs> um, you want to get into our prize picks? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break and, and get into our prize picks. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL – Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. I'm having so much fun doing prize picks, dude. The prize picks, the, the break was was for the audio. Hopefully the video people didn't like go up and get snacks or something. <laughs> Being able- we're going to take a couple minutes. Being able to just get up and leave. <laughs> Being able to just jump in ahead of Thursday night football and we'll dive in deeper into the into the into the the Niner side of this. But being able to jump in right before Thursday night football starts and just put together an entry is my favorite thing. I have I have AJ Dillon less than 33 and a half rushing yards. He has three right now. In the first quarter, I have Aaron Jones more than 17 and a half receiving yards. He has one target, no catches so far. Aiden Hutchinson and Alex Ancelone, 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 uh, more than three quarters of a sack. Hutchinson already has one, so nailed that. 
And then I have Jordan Love less than three and a half rushing attempts. And I feel great about it. So I think Jared Goff threw an interception on the first possession. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just looked looked back at the screen. And the Lions are up 14 to three. Yeah, dog. They're cooking. Yeah, tough scene, like, tough scene for the like, Packers. Kind of like the Lions. Yeah, we'll see. I the Lions, the Lions are good, dude. I didn't. I, I was in denial. The Lions can play. Ooh. Um, Jordan, Jordan Love almost almost uh, okay. threw an interception. <laughs> um, I've uh, I I was very wrong about Aiden Hutchinson. I thought coming out that he was just kind of a tryhard who like had a great motor and cleaned up a lot of sacks but like wasn't as talented as where he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out he looks like he's a real deal. Dude can play. He can play Dude a little bit play. of football. Dude can play <laughs> a little bit of football. Um, all right. So prize picks for Sunday Niners Cardinals. Um, I'm doing a power play, which okay. combine, which means I have to hit all three to get my multipliers. I can't get one or two. I have to get all three to, uh, to win here. So okay. my entry starts with um, my guy, the guy I've never questioned once the guy who I've had unabashed faith in the entire time, including week one, when he just showed so much toughness and resilience battling through that quad injury. I have Jake Moody more than one and a half field goals made. Hell yeah. I just think, I just think the Niners might bog down in the red zone or at least once, right? I think there's an opportunity maybe at the end of the second quarter to Jake Moody to kick a 78-yard field goal. He's just going to bang through the winds um, into the north up the north uprights. Um, mm-hmm. I just <laughs> – no, I, I do think there's – like the Niners' offense is probably not going to be – as awesome as it normally would be. And so I think that just means Jake Moody's going to have more, more chances at field goals. So more than one and a half, I think is, is, uh, is a good play. I love that you're rolling with your guy too. My guy just unequivocally since day one, once the pick was made, I was all in on the, on the third round kicker, the top 100 kicker, no less. What else? Is he a top third kicker in the league so far? Yes. Without question. Go blue. (laughs) Uh, I said, said, hang on real quick. Pause on the go blue thing. I sat next to the homie, Josh Dubow reporter Mm. for the associated press. Sat next to him at the, at the 49ers home opener against the listener to the pod pod listener. That's what I'm telling this story. (laughs) And my man just doling out the Jake Moody facts on all these records and he's the third kicker to make this many field goals in his first start without in his first X starts without a miss, just incredible, incredibly, incredibly on brand from, from our guy in Michigan alum, Josh Dubow tagging me. It made me so happy. It made me so happy. (laughs) Um, yeah. Shout out to Josh. We love Josh. Uh, Josh fan Christian McCaffrey. Um, more than the NFL's reading leading rushing, sorry, NFL's rushing leader. There you go. Easy for me to say. Uh, the reigning NFC offensive player of the month, more than 81 and a half rush yards. Um, the Cardinals gave up 185 rushing yards to the Cowboys on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
and 127 to the Giants before that. Uh, so I just think there there are going to be opportunities for CMC to rack up some rushing yards. I don't I don't have any really like strong analysis for this one other There's than CMC is really good. That's it. That's yeah. the extent of it. Spoiler alert. I also have a Christian McCaffrey one. My analysis is going to be like, yeah, dog, he's good. He's the truth. He's got that dog in him. Facts. <laughs> um, facts machine dot dot gif. Stop. Um, my third one, Rondale Moore. Uh, somehow only had eight yards on four catches last week against the Giants. I don't really know how that's possible, but he also had. So he catches it and then immediately gets tackled. Right. He also had 54 rushing yards on three attempts. Um, I just think Rondell Moore is the type of receiver who might pose somewhat of a matchup problem for the Niners defense. Like the Niners, the Niners play a lot of zone. They don't have the smallest, quickest guys. Like they, they typically, when they yield yards, it's, it's often to like smaller, quicker receivers. Mm -hmm. And I think on that underneath stuff. Yeah, on the underneath stuff, the potential for some bubble screens and some some yak there. And this is mostly just about like what the number is. Like Rondell Moore, the number is 27 and a half. And I'm going more than 27 and a half for Rondell Moore. Not that I think he's gonna have a huge game, but like he he could easily have 27 and a half or more on one play. Dude, that's that's just it. I, I whether it's a catch and run. Or a Josh Dobbs is scrambling around and Talanoa Hufanga gets over aggressive and flies down and 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 all I can think of is Hollywood Brown. Rondell Moore sneaks in behind him and goes for forty five yards for his only catch. Like that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. So it's a sneaky low number though. It's just a low number. Like, like I, I, hate I, would... the, I I I hate that the number is so low. Like Rondell Moore has not really done anything from a receiving standpoint this season. Um, he has he has eight catches for fifty five yards on the season, but Jeez. like we view Rondell Moore as a pretty good player and like a pretty explosive player. I'd say explosive more than good. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I I just. <laughs> I think for the Cardinals offense to do anything, they're going to have to force feed him a little bit, get the ball in his hands and try to get okay. some yak and those types of things. So I, I think Rondell Moore is the type who, uh, who should go over 27 and a half this week. Okay. I dig that. The Lions are driving again. Yeah. The Lions have nine first downs to green Bay zero and 199 yards to green Bay's one. On the first play of the second quarter. That's crazy. Okay, here's what my entry looks like for 49ers Cardinals. I'm doing the flex play because I love the flex play because I feel like I always get one wrong. Like, I'm always off on one player. So, having that flex play option where your your winnings, your max winnings are maybe a little less, but you can miss one and still get, get a little bit back is is an awesome part of of prize picks daily fantasy so christian mccaffrey i have more than 113 and a half rushing plus receiving yards i just he might go over that just in rushing but 80 rushing yards and and 35 receiving yards gets him there that i I think that's on the table so i'm going more than that number jake moody i also have in here i have more than seven and a half points for jake moody 
two field goals, two extra points. That's that's easy work to me. Brock Purdy, I'm going to go less than 225 and a half passing yards because he was really efficient against both the Rams and Steelers and went uh, less than that number in both those games. So you could very easily paint a game script where the Niners aren't throwing a ton and Purdy is just efficient enough in the first three quarters that they pack in the passing game for the fourth quarter and he has 219 yards and a couple of touchdowns and the Niners have up three scores. So I'm going less than that number. And then James Conner, another sneaky low number here. I have more than 15 and a half receiving yards for James Conner. And that's another one where you could see the Cardinals getting in third and long, throwing a screen to him. He gets behind a blocker and, and goes for 20 on one reception. So I like James Conner more than 15 and a half receiving yards on Sunday. Prize picks, baby. Let's go. I might I might make another entry before the game because that's just the kind of guy I am. If you want to join us and I'm telling you I like this isn't I'm I'm not just this is super fun. This isn't like a script. I'm genuinely like being able to just pull out the phone, hop on the prize picks app, see what's going on and making entries and then it just gives you whether it's college football or, or NFL football whatever. I'm it's a blast. And you can join us. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Send us your entries. You can fade us. You can tail us. Whatever you want to do. It's uh, it's it's such a great way to consume sports with Daily Fantasy. And PrizePix makes it easy. So, Absolutely. Shout you have any... Um... What's your what's your final score prediction? I should 27-17 49ers. I will go 24-13. I dig it. Niners. For that I If you're like... betting the game, if 14 points just feels like a lot of points. It's so many, dude. It's so many. It, it But maybe maybe the not like like I said, maybe the Niners are just dialed and they go win it 34 to 3 and it's like, oh yeah. If they, cover, if they cover 14 points without Debo Samuel, I would be very impressed. Me too, dog. All right, we will talk to you guys after the game on Sunday night. Uh, Check us out again on our YouTube channel, uh, Candlestick Chronicles Podcast on YouTube, and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and listen to us. We will talk to you guys real soon. Enjoy your weekends.